Welcome to Season 2 of the Esthetician Hub Podcast, where we dive deeper into the world of skincare and wellness. I'm your host and licensed holistic medical esthetician, Vanessa, and in this season, I'm excited to bring you even more insightful conversations with some of the most inspiring estheticians, beauty entrepreneurs, and wellness gurus in the industry. From discussing the latest skincare trends to exploring the challenges and rewards of entrepreneurship, we'll cover it all. So sit back, relax, and let's get glowing. Today, we have a special guest, Chloe Kianki, founder of The Alchemist, a top-rated permanent makeup studio in Montreal. In this episode, we'll dive deep into the business aspect of her successful venture. Join us as we explore branding, marketing, client management, and more about the beauty industry. Hi, Chloe. Hello. And welcome to the Esthetician Hub. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for being here. Um, So we're just going to go ahead and get started. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you became a permanent makeup artist? For sure. Um, so my background, I have a certification in makeup. So I was a freelance makeup artist a few years ago, but it was a very like part-time thing that I would do during the weekend or mostly during the summer. Um, and I had a full-time nine-to-five job. I was in marketing for a tech company. Oh, okay. And looking back at your journey... Is there anything that you would have done differently and any advice that you wish you had received when you started out The Alchemist? Um, For sure, before opening like our first big location, I would say if you're looking to start and open your own salon to save up more than you think you'll need, Mm. because I remember expenses, they go so quick and I was down to my last like $7. (laughs) And it's just anxiety and stress that you could totally avoid if you just properly prep and save up before you start all of your, you know, renovations and mm-hmm. all that. In terms of money, how much do you think someone would be okay with? Like the minimum amount of money that you would need to have? Let's yeah. say if you find a space, you get lucky and there's already set rooms, you don't have to do that major renovations. Mm-hmm. You could start up as little as like 10k. Mm-hmm. Um, really what's going to be expensive is your products, your equipment, the furniture. Right. Um, but if you're lucky and you get something turnkey, 10k. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not bad. Um, so do you have any like mentors or role models when you first started off? Um, not directly. I didn't really know anyone uh, that was doing business. Yeah. Uh, most of my friends, you know, they go the traditional route. They go to school, they get a job and they stay there. Yeah. Forever, basically. Mm. Um, I was pretty much the only one in my friend group that was more entrepreneurial and wanted to, you know, make my own money, have my own business. So I really didn't have anyone close to me that could give me advice. Mm. But I consume a lot of content. So I was watching a lot of YouTube. Um, I'm a big fan of Hormozy. Uh, Alex Hormozy is crazy. (laughs) Um, So I would just consume content online Mm. and try to implement as much as I can um myself but it was really hard at first because when you don't have someone holding your hand for sure it's like you're lost no for sure and like do you think that starting off there was one advice that you would give to yourself if you had to redo it all over again if I had to redo it all over again I would definitely take like basic financial courses oh okay <laughs> just like understanding cash in cash out and yeah. like taxes those are the things like you don't learn in school and mm-hmm. I don't know why they're just like 
fundamental things that everybody should know. Yeah. Um, so I definitely made a lot of mistakes and most of my mistakes were in the finances. Mm, yeah. Okay. So sp spending money I didn't have, um, investing in the wrong opportunities because yeah. it was hard to say no to things, right? Exactly. Um, but yeah, a lot of my mistakes were financial. I think that's another thing. Like when people start off in business, like there's one half of the people that are just going to go directly into the business route without actually getting an education. But I think going into, you know, CJEP, going into university, doing something in like marketing or finance or just business in general, like you get a good base mm -hmm. off of how the whole thing works. And mm -hmm. I know like, let's say, for example, like I also studied in marketing, like in university, like we did touch upon a little things, but I found it very like inclined to work into a corporation for sure but at the end of the day like you still learn a lot yeah. about like that theory part and everything yeah um so a lot of the listeners on the show they're also super passionate about beauty a lot of student estheticians estheticians uh beauty entrepreneurs as well um and obviously continuing your education outside of school is crucial crucial to stay up to date in the beauty industry. Mm -hmm. So what are some resources you turn to for information? Um, so for me, it's a little different because now I'm more focused on my entrepreneurial and like my the business side of things. Yeah. So a lot more admin, a lot more management, a lot more, you know, um, people. But if I'm I was still an artist and yeah. still trying to like book my calendar and like take appointments. Um, then I would say my number one source back then was Instagram. So mm. you would, I would find, uh, a really advanced like artist that I look up to and see what they're doing and just consume their content and see if there's maybe opportunity to, uh, apprentice under them. So that's actually what I did, uh, for my lip blush. I flew out to San Diego under a reputable artist there and I was her apprentice for a little bit. And then I brought those techniques here. Wow, okay. I think for me, because it's permanent makeup, it's more artistic. So there's no, like you can't go to school the traditional way. Mm -hmm. And it's not like a set curriculum. It's not like becoming lips anesthetician where the government is heavily involved, right? Like it's yeah. an official certification, like an aesthetic certification. Yeah. It's more similar to becoming a tattoo artist where there's not really, it's more artistic. Yeah. So the best way to learn is to find an artist whose work you really resonate with. Yeah become an apprentice under them and then you can eventually develop your own technique and your own art and that's basically what I did so, right yeah. that's amazing and in terms of like lip blushing and like microblading as of now which one do you prefer the most Oof, that's hard <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely known for my microblading yeah uh, people know me for brows uh, I'm, but I love doing lips as well yeah I think, though, brows is where my heart really is at mm -hmm. because that's where I started. That's how people know me. Um, I get a really, like, fulfilled feeling when I do a set of brows. Um, and the before and after, like, the transformation for eyebrows, I would say the immediate before and after is much nicer, I guess, because when you do lip blush, there's swelling involved. Mm. So when the person swells, it looks a little freaky. Yeah. <laughs> Versus eyebrows, they look great right from the get-go. So. Yeah. Um, I would say if I had to pick, definitely brows. Definitely brows. And I see your brows right now and they look amazing. By Thank the way. you. I just did them yesterday. Microblading? Yeah. Okay. It's <laughs> really, really nice. Um, so let's talk more about the business aspect. Obviously for those listening, Chloe is the founder of Alchemist, which is a beauty studio located in Montreal. 
Um, so let's talk more about how you started The Alchemist and where did you get this inspiration from? Okay. <clears throat> you ready for this? <laughs> so I was a makeup artist, like I was telling you, and I was doing that part-time and I always wanted to, I knew I wanted to be a business owner. I just really didn't know how. And when I was at the tech company, um, I was not happy, right? So mm. the corporate life and the nine to five and the asking for vacation time was really just not working for me. And I was super unhappy. And so I started looking at other, I guess, beauty skills that I could take up so that I can start, you know, filling my calendar because makeup mm. by itself was just not working out. Um, but it wasn't until I got dumped Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my boyfriend at the time yeah. uh, broke up with me and I was so heartbroken okay. that that was like the push that I needed. It was like the best thing that ever happened to me um, because that's what pushed me to really, really work my business. Yeah. And literally eight months later, Alchemist was born. Oh my God, that's so inspirational. Like, yeah. Honestly, like after a heartbreak, I feel like it's either you go down or mm -hmm. you go up. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Oh, I went down like <laughs> degeneracy, but then yeah. and you went up. <laughs> we figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are the most important factors that you had that actually contributed to the growth and success of your company? Um, I would say I had a really good network um, mm -hmm. because I worked in many different places, and at the time, my job was at the marketing, um, what do you call that, marketing? Like a firm? No, it was not a firm. They sold tech um, oh, okay. to pharmaceutical companies, but yeah. I was in the marketing team. Oh, okay. So I was surrounded by people who understood, you know, website and like, you know, graphic design, and I was very close to my team, and I really actually... Um, loved working with them and so it was really difficult to leave yeah. but because I was so close with my team when I told them that I was starting this new beauty thing mm. they were so fast to just like jump on and help and Aww. they created my website for me they didn't charge Aww. me I paid them later but like they didn't yeah. charge me um, my, my first logo my my best friend uh, graphic designer mm. was able to create it for me so because I had that network um, and I had really good connections with my team, they were just so happy to jump on and help boost and everything that I needed basically just came to place without me even asking for it. So it wow. was really great. I think that's good that's karma amazing. though. That, that, that doesn't happen for everyone. <laughs> but if you're a good person and um, you do good by people, eventually yeah. they'll come back. No, I agree with that. And I feel like everyone's business startup story is completely different. You know, like some people, they'll start off with, already off the bat, like 20K, you know right. what I mean? From their family, it's a passed down business and some people already have that build. Mm -hmm. And other people, they're really starting from scratch. But I feel like at the end of the day, like it really is mindset, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like whether you have nothing or already have something, um, it's really about how you go about it, having that positive mindset, knowing that you are going to succeed no matter what happens, mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like, even if you're given like 20K, it's a pass down business, you can fuck it up. Honestly, you can fuck oh, yeah. it up 100%. even if you don't have that mindset and you yeah. don't have that game plan, you know? Yeah, for sure. So that's really good for you. <laughs> <laughs> and what were some of the challenges that you faced actually when you opened your studio? Um, so when I opened here, um, it was during the second wave of the pandemic. Yeah. So everything was just uncertain. I was... Like, you literally didn't know what was going to come next, right? Yeah. So 
we didn't know if we could open. We were like last to open right before the gyms. Mm. Um, and so cash flow was my biggest issue because we were not able to make money. Mm. And I had rent that was not going anywhere. And now I had payroll and I had like oh my God. eight people on payroll at this point. Yeah. So if we're not able to open yeah. and I can't make money, how the F am I going to support yeah. this thing? Um, so I think that was the biggest, biggest issue. But mm-hmm. honestly, I'm still happy that we did it because we were able to open mm-hmm. and stay open. Um, it, but it was a very like scary situation because it wasn't nothing was under your control and I'm a very control freak and if it's something that I can't control I freak out yeah yeah but uh, I think cash flow was like the biggest issue at first and how did you fix that though like if ever there wasn't any cash flow like did you try find different means did you try to find like different streams yeah um so (laughs) another segment so I was looking into loans Mm -hmm. I was looking into like uh covid what do you call that? Oh, like the help small yeah. businesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was looking into that, but get this, I was not eligible for any of them because oh. my business was not over two years old. Okay. So, or one year old. Okay. Yeah. So I was not eligible for any of the COVID yeah. help, which sucked. Um, also, right before my business like exploded, yeah. I ha- I was in debt. I ruined my credit. And so even That's banks true. wouldn't lend me money. So when we opened this space yeah. and I had payroll like that are that's kicking in and it's like 60k a month just on payroll like rent and all of that mm-hmm. i was running it on a 500 dollars credit card are you serious and e-transfers no and checks <laughs> yeah. are you ser- okay so this is how long ago this was three and a half years ago yeah three and a half years and how did you how did you survive like at the end of the day honestly I think it's a combination of good luck, yeah. like good karma, <laughs> yeah. and pure hustle. Like, I just yeah. didn't sleep. I figured out if, if you really want something, yeah. you're going to find a way. Mm. And for me, I've, I tell this to all my friends, but anything that I really, 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 truly want in life, I've accomplished. Mm. And if it hasn't happened yet, it's because either I'm still hustling and figuring it out or I don't really want it. Mm. so I like that yeah, yeah. If, if you have 10 employees to feed mm-hmm. <laughs> like to provide for you're gonna figure it out like yeah. I was starting to look at okay what can I sell <laughs> no for sure um, but yeah honestly it's just pure hustle at the end of the day yeah no that I agree with and honestly that's like that's crazy I don't know how you did that on e-transfers yeah. I had a $500 credit card I had a $500 credit card yeah yeah and we were here like probably a year and a half yeah. almost two years and I asked for a credit card increase. Okay. And got denied. So I was like, guys, are you serious? Like, you see all of the transactions. Yeah. There's money coming in and thousands of dollars in expenses. $500 does not make sense. Yeah. And was it a personal credit card or was this like a business credit card? Personal credit card okay. because I couldn't even get approved for a business credit card. Are yeah, you- it's fucked up. Yeah. Oh my God. Honestly, like, <laughs> wow. So I'm if so you're happy for you, though. Thank you so much. But like, if you're. Try, if you're young yeah. and you're, you know that you want to start a business, mm-hmm. your credit score matters. And like, yeah. be mindful of how you spend and how you borrow money because that shit follows you. And like, your credit mm-hmm. score is like your adult uh, report card. It is, yeah. If you want to buy a car, if you want to buy a house, if you want to start a business, if you want to take out a loan, all of those things depend on those numbers. And if you mess those numbers up, it takes forever to make them go back up. Yeah. Um, I think my credit score, because I completely ruined it, and it's, like, so embarrassing, but it was, like, in the 400s. Stop. 
And just to get it back up to like the mid 600s yeah. took me took me like a couple years. And it takes years. It's not yeah. like something that you can just bring up in a day. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's consistent mm-hmm. over the years that you have to really work on that. Mm-hmm. Good job, though. I'm Thank really, you. really proud of where you all came, honestly. And I know that like recently you did expand your services so that you do like advanced facials and everything. So um what would you recommend for someone who is already a beauty entrepreneur who wants to start expanding their services but don't necessarily have the funds for these high-end technology or equipment, let's mm-hmm. say? Um, the best advice I could give is don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are already a beauty entrepreneur yeah. and you don't have the funds, it means that your current product offering is not good enough. Mm. And so there's no point exploring more luxurious or like more expensive treatments because you're just going to dig yourself a bigger hole yeah i would say the only reason why i was able to expand is because i became a leader in a niche service Mm -hmm. which was the permanent makeup yeah and because it was doing so well now i created more cash flow and i had the funds to Mm -hmm. be able to invest in other services and bring other services in and because i already had a clientele base that trusted me Mm -hmm. it's super easy to then show them the other services because they already I already have that trust. Right. But if you don't even have those basic like um like clients and you're not making money in what you're currently doing, you're not an expert in your field. In your field, yeah. There's no point. And bringing on technologies like machines, lasers and all of those things yeah. like medical aesthetics, it's expensive. Like here we spend just to have the machines mm-hmm. around 10,000 a month just to have the machines. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's wow. fucked up. It's expensive. Yeah. So if you don't have a clientele base, you'd have no idea how you're going to sell it. You don't have an already good product. Yeah. You need to figure out where you're going to become an expert first. Start making money and start making that successful first. Prove that you can actually like yeah, have something, something yeah, that yeah. the market wants yeah. and then expand your services. Right. And so going back to, you know, you do spend $10,000 a month on equipment um is it rentals or did you actually purchase the equipment so how it works is that it's it's a lease to own so how it works because one machine is like over a hundred thousand dollars right so i for a business that you need operations you know you need cash flow to run the business on a day-to-day it would hurt the business to drop 100k right from the get-go on one machine yeah so what we typically do is we will yes we'll buy the machine but Mm -hmm. it's a lease to own so you you'll do it in monthly basis you it's like a five-year contract by five years the machine is fully paid and it's yours oh okay yeah okay but what's great about a lease is that you can expense it and Mm so taxes and all that accounting that I had no idea about in the beginning um why finance (laughs) is important yes (laughs) literally yeah And going back to that comment, actually, what would you recommend for someone who doesn't necessarily do the traditional like CJEB or going to university, but they still want to learn about finance? Um, Honestly, now it's super easy because we have so much information available to us now. Mm -hmm. You can literally just go on Google and look for accounting 101 online training. Like, yeah. There's someone out there somewhere (laughs) that teaches whatever it is that you're trying to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would go that route. A second way to go about it is to find a leader in whatever subject or topic that you're trying to learn from and literally apprentice under them the same exact way that people would learn like permanent makeup. Yeah, that's a good tip. 
And are there any advices actually that you would give to beauty entrepreneurs listening or like estheticians, permanent makeup artists, lash artists who want to, they already have like, let's say their home business or like their little small business. What advice would you give to them in order to grow into a bigger business, obviously, like to expand? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So if you, let's say, work from home yeah. and you have a little room dedicated to your work and your goal is to eventually have a studio, mm-hmm. um, the number one thing I would say for people is to define what your goals are. Like, what's your, what's your dream outcome? And then work backwards from that. Because everybody always wants more money, wants more clients, wants more blah, blah. But one more client is more clients, right? So you need to be very specific. Um, what does the ideal growth look like to you? So I'm just going to assume it's to open your own studio. Yeah. So let's just say you're working from home now and you want to eventually open your own spot. The number one thing that you need to focus on is building your clientele. Right. So you need cash. So, yeah. <laughs> so you need to build a big enough clientele that's able to sustain your expenses. Yeah. And you need to see, okay, how much is it going to cost you to open this studio? Because you can go super big. You can also go more conservative, right? right yeah. You don't have to have 5,000 square feet like we do here. If you just want a smaller studio with like three, four rooms, it's not going to be as expensive. So I would just say list Everything, like all the expenses, that how much is it going to cost mm-hmm. to have your dream studio? And then how many clients do you need to support that cost? Mm-hmm. Once you start making the type of money that can support the cost or expenses of your new studio, yeah. you just do it. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that tip. And obviously, like in this day and age, um, building your online presence is crucial for your business. Um, what strategies have you used in order to increase your Instagram following? Um, okay, so my whole business definitely was built on Instagram. When I first started, I did a ton of like influencers and like collaborations mm. and all of that. Yeah. But I would say the best Instagram strategy that I implemented that contributed the most to my growth is tagging my clients. So, oh, yeah. okay, so hear me out. When you have Instagram, and let's say you're just starting out and you only have like 100 followers, people say post every day, right? Post every day. But if you're posting every day to your same 100 followers, Mm -hmm. the only people seeing you are your 100 followers. The whole point of Instagram is to tap into other people's network, right? So what I would do, let's say you came to me for eyebrows, I would transform your eyebrows. You're super happy. I would take a really nice picture. Edit your pictures, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not enough to just post raw pictures yeah, nowadays. Sure. Um, so you're in the beauty industry, so yeah. everything needs to look good. Um, so yes, make your photos stand out. Right. And then make the client feel good in the photo. Tag them. You don't, you don't have to like tag their actual handle. You can just hide it, right? Right. But when you tag your client and they feel good in the photo, mm-hmm. chances are they will repost. Exactly. But yeah. the trick there is to make them feel good in the photo. Mm-hmm. And so just taking a raw picture of them, no makeup, and like yeah. <laughs> expecting I've them to repost like like does not work. Yeah. So the whole point of that is like when you tag, if I tag you and you have another 100 followers that mm-hmm. weren't following me, now I tapped into your network. Right. And imagine doing that for every single client. That's how you're going to be able to grow your social media mm-hmm. organically right. yeah. and super fast as yeah. well. And at the end of the day, like Instagram is a place where aesthetics is really important. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you are not editing your picture and we don't mean like completely editing your work, right? Mm-hmm. Just like 
the lighting and everything like mm -hmm. that to make it match your feet as well. And yeah. I think it's like these little things that are really going to contribute to people being like, oh, wow, it's such an aesthetically pleasing place. You yeah. know, like I'm, I'm interested in going yeah. there. And you're in the beauty industry. So unfortunately, aesthetics is super important. Yeah. And when you edit pictures, like, for example, for me, like I'll edit the skin or I'll edit, you know, yeah, lighting and whatever. Mm -hmm. But when you edit skin, it's not necessarily because you're like, oh, pimples are ugly. It's not yeah. that. It's really just to put the emphasis and the focus on the work right. and not on yeah. the person's imperfections. Yeah. No, That's that makes sense. So obviously having a large following on Instagram doesn't necessarily equate having lots of clients. Um, so my question would be, what are your strategies to acquiring new clients? What are my strategies to acquiring new clients? Okay. So the tapping into other people's network mm -hmm. is the basics, right? Because you need new eyes. So new clients is new eyes on your business. Right. Um, and then the second thing, if you're an artist that you need to find new clients, your photos or the things that you post um, need to speak to your target audience. Mm. So what you need to put yourself in the client's shoes. If you haven't had microblading done, what questions are they trying to answer? What is scaring them from taking doing the treatment? And you everything that you post needs to answer those questions. Mm -hmm. So that's going to deliver more value on your posts and will create trust mm -hmm. with your clientele. And because you have that trust, they're going to be most likely to book with you. Right. So honestly, it, it has to do with tapping into other people's networks so you can get new eyes on your business and creating content that actually is valuable Provide to clients. Yeah. It's not enough to post filler pictures of the corner of a table or like an inspirational quote that yeah it's cute but like it has nothing to do with what you do right exactly so, yeah yeah make no, it make I sense that's, I think that's important and at the end of the day like your Instagram followers or anyone who is looking at your page is going to be like oh wow like this person actually knows a lot of things mm -hmm. knows a lot of things about this specific industry like microblading and they're going to feel more comfortable trusting you. They're going to feel more comfortable even going to your business. Mm -hmm. So that's a really, really good point. Yeah. Um, so obviously, retaining clients is also super crucial in business. What techniques do you use to encourage clients to rebook with you and then build that like lasting relationship with them? Um, I would say for me, because there are such long appointments, there are like mm -hmm. two hours, you know, yeah. so... You get to know a lot about the client. You get to connect at a deeper level, especially if you're a very personable and you know how to communicate, right? Yeah. Um, that would suck if you're spending two hours with someone and it's like complete silence. <laughs> Awkward. wants to, but I don't know. Right? But that's, uh, that's long, two hours. Yeah, yeah, it's long. So it's kind of like hairdressing. So yeah. you get to really know your client. You get to know things that you probably shouldn't know, um, but you know everything. And so by the end of your appointment... For me, at least, yeah. the clients feel more like friendly with right. me. And would you cheat on your friend? Like, no. Exactly. No, why would you do that? <laughs> and so because I've built that connection and yeah. more um, more of a bond and it, I'm not just your brow tech anymore. Yeah. Right. I'm your more, psychologist. We're exactly. <laughs> we're friends now. You yeah, look literally. forward to seeing me again. Exactly. So yeah. um, because of that connection, mm -hmm. they wouldn't go anywhere else. Yeah. And so if you create if you have a great product. You have a great service mm -hmm. and you're connecting with your clients to a point where they feel like a connection and a, a friendship with yeah. you. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. And I agree with that. Like at the end of the day, people have to realize like you are your own business. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like 
who you are as a person, like branding yourself is also in relation to your business. So it's really important to not be someone who is not sociable, someone who is friendly that people are attracted to. Because at the end of the day, like this is going to be your clients for life. You know yeah. what I mean? And they're not just going to like you for your business. They're liking you for you. Exactly. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, that's a really, really good tip. And um, so can you share specific marketing tactics or campaigns that had a significant impact on growing your clients or increasing your visibility? Um, I would say working with other beauty professionals really impacted me uh, in a positive way. So for example, I would find like a local hair colorist mm. and because they're also client facing, um, if we, let's say, exchange services, uh, they're going to be talking about microblading to their clients and they're going to refer me a bunch more clients. So I actually find working with local artists is more beneficial than working with just like influencers, for example, who's just a pretty oh, face on Instagram, right. right? So just because a girl is uh, super pretty on mm -hmm. Instagram and has 100K followers mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to turn into ROI because you also need to see like who is their target audience, who's following them, are they even here? Like some In of them, it's right. like yeah, exactly. the states, you yeah. know? So it's actually more beneficial to look at, okay, who does your nails? Who does your hair? Mm -hmm. Um, bank teller. You guys are seeing people every day, right? Yeah. Um, so targeting client-facing industry professionals yeah. and working with them and creating a relationship and connection with them is going to mm -hmm. benefit you way better than working with influencers. Right. Like doing collabs with locals mm -hmm. rather than like actually doing collabs with, you know, big, big name influencers, but you don't really know that this is going to actually turn into your clients. Yeah. Um, so... Can you tell us a little bit about what skills or qualities someone might need to run a successful business? Or do you even need to have a specific skill set? Oof, yeah. So when you become an entrepreneur, you need to be able to wear all the hats. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't need to be great at all of them. Mm -hmm. You need to be good enough and then hire someone who's better than you in that specific area right. to then delegate and replace you. And that's all it is. So like, I suck at accounting. <laughs> mm -hmm. I need to understand the basics. But once I understand the basics, I need to find someone who's going to be able to own that and do it way better yeah. than I can. Yeah. I suck at, let's say, content creation. <laughs> so I need to know the basics. Yeah. I need to be able to, you know, basic edits and yeah. like make things look good. But once I do, hire someone to be able to take over who's better than you. And then that's all it is. So being a successful entrepreneur uh, and owning successful businesses, especially if you want to have multiple businesses, right. the secret there is to be able to grow a team and mm -hmm. then put the right people in place and delegate and put people that are better than you so that you mm -hmm. can do what you do best, which is you're the visionary and you mm -hmm. make things happen, right? Right. And actually, I've heard that a lot from a lot of beauty entrepreneurs that have like their studios and successful businesses. And it's like, at the end of the day, when you're starting with, with your business, you want to do everything. You do. Right. You want to yeah. accounting, finance, marketing, you want to do everything. And at the end of the day, truly, if you are starting, you, you can only do everything, right? Like you're not off the bat going to hire a new marketing team or a new like accounting team, right? Like you don't have the funds for that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, once you start, you know, seeing a lot of growth, it's very, very important to let other people do it for you and yeah. trust other people. To That's do the hard it. part. 
Exactly. It's super hard. I yeah. just recently stopped taking on new clients. Yeah. And because I had a hard time letting go of control because I had a limiting belief that if you want it done right, you do it yourself. Yes. But then exactly. that was limiting me in my growth because I'm spread too thin. Mm-hmm. I'm doing accounting. I'm managing the team. I'm the one like in the front. I'm do- yeah. There's so much you can do in a day. Mm-hmm. And as the visionary and business owner, your time is best spent on pushing the business forward. And you can't do that if you're stuck inside your business. No, I agree with that. Um, so how do you balance the financial aspects of your business while remaining true to your clients, true in terms of passion? Um, so I think for that, it's super important to always put your clients first. So the money always comes when you put them first. So when you put money first, that's when it starts to get, uh, how do you call? Like you can see it. People can feel it. People can feel it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not genuine. Right. And you, that's when you start actually hating what you do because now everything is associated to, oh, well, how much money can I make? Right. Um, but if you put the clients first and you just make sure that the experience is 10 on 10, that the product is 10 on 10, if you just focus on client experience and product, you can charge whatever you want, Mm. right? Like I was charging 1200 for eyebrows. There's no, like (laughs) who would pay 1200 for eyebrows? Well, if it's Chloe, they will, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. you know, but, but see, just because we're, I'm charging luxury pricing, I feel zero bad about it. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like a fraud. I don't feel imposter syndrome for for charging what we charge because I'm proud to be able to charge what we charge because Mm -hmm. I know that I'm giving everything that I can to our clients. I know 100% that if I take care of you, you will be happy and I will do whatever to make you happy. And that's why I feel okay and good Mm -hmm. charging the prices that I charge. So money always comes after you deliver value. Right. And I feel like that I can completely agree with that. Like at the end of the day, I've heard a lot of business owners and in general, you know, like with your clients, you kind of want to start off and you're always discounting yourself. Right. But I think the biggest mistake is that you put in that hard work. Like you don't realize the value that you're putting in, you know, like the knowledge that you have for microblading, the knowledge that you're you're providing. And it's basically your service at the end of the day that Mm -hmm. people are paying for. Um, so I think it's important not to low ball yourself, mm-hmm. especially starting off. Mm-hmm. You always want to like do discounts and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, it's important to do discounts, but it's important to set fixed rates. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, right, like if you, if someone is not okay with those prices, then that's just not your clientele. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's that's totally fine. fine. Exactly. Yeah. Like they'll go somewhere else. I have a really... Um, interesting view on discounting, like heavily discounting mm. your, your services. And yeah. like, you know, new artists will often discount heavily because they don't feel like they deserve regular rates or yeah. like market pricing. Yeah. And because they're new. Yes. Yeah. But you know what that is? That just has to do with uh, insecurity. You're just mm. not confident in your skills yet and you don't feel like you're worth right. market price. So the issue there is not your price. The issue there is your confidence yeah so you need to work on what's making you insecure you think you're not your skills not good enough work on your skill you think your client service is not good enough work on your communication right it's not your price the issue it's your confidence you at the end of the day and like that's kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of mindset like 
if you're an entrepreneur, like you have to be a confident person. You know, you cannot be an entrepreneur and not believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think one specific quality that a lot of entrepreneurs have is the fact that they believe in themselves and they believe in abundance. They believe that success is going to come to them Mm -hmm. whether they fail or not. You know what I mean? And that's what differentiates between a good business owner and a bad business owner, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely not for everyone. It's not for everyone. And I think it's really, really hard, honestly. Like, at the end of the day... You know, you were talking about the corporate not working nine to five, but it's like when you're a business owner, you're actually working like every single day. Oh, yeah. You know oh, I mean? yeah, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> working for someone else yeah. is way easier. And yeah. sometimes I look back and I'm like, damn, like, <laughs> I left this for what? <laughs> like, I would really kill to like, you know, work from home yeah. and like be able to chill and still have a paycheck. But like yeah. when you're an entrepreneur, you eat what you kill. Right. Yeah. And so if you're not killing anything that week that directly affects your income and how much you make for the month and that week. And it's very scary for a lot of people. And because of that, mm-hmm. like, uncertainty and that up and down, not everybody will have the mental fortitude to be able to deal with that. Right. And so you need to be a different kind of animal to yeah. get into entrepreneurship. Yeah. And that that's with mindset, right? Like, at the end of the day, if something happens, right, there's like a roadblock on your road or whatever happens and you're going to go cry about it, mm-hmm. then that you're not fit for the job. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, okay, yes, you can cry about it. It's fine. But then come back up. You yeah. know what I mean? Resilience is like the biggest thing. Oh, if yeah. You're an entrepreneur. Like you cannot. Yeah. And especially what you were talking about during COVID. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you were to just give up. This would have never happened. You exactly. know what I mean? Like yeah. how you were telling me with the credit card and everything. Oh, yeah. Like imagine yeah. you were just like, oh, okay, it is what it is. I think this is what the universe wants for me. Nothing, you know? So you would have just gone back to the nine to five and then the alchemist would have never happened. Exactly. <laughs> but honestly, I really believe that when you want something and you put yeah. it out into the universe, yeah. the universe will test you. Okay. Mm-hmm. You told me you want this. How bad do you mm-hmm. want it? And it will test you and it will send you obstacles. And the point of the obstacles is for you to prove that you really do want it. Because if you do, you will push through. And if you didn't, Mm -hmm. then it would not happen. Exactly. So the obstacles are not bad. They're actually good things and you learn a lot from them. Mm -hmm. And they're opportunities for you to grow as a person, as an entrepreneur. Because the problems will not go away. They just get fucking bigger. They get bigger. And bigger. (laughs) (laughs) And more expensive. Yeah. And like for me, like for example, cash flow or like Mm -hmm. expenses and accounting was like my problem when I was whatever first starting out. It's still a problem to this day. Like it's just bigger numbers now. Add zeros. (laughs) (laughs) Add another zero. Yeah. Yeah. And so your tolerance Mm -hmm. becomes stronger and stronger. So now I look at the problems I had a few years ago and I'm like... That was nothing. That was nothing. I was crying about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's great to see the growth. And mm-hmm. that's how you build confidence because yeah. you're you're gaining experience. You're seeing so you're fixing so many problems and yeah. you're finding solutions every single day. And as your problems get bigger, you know, that's a good thing because you're constantly growing. Right. So it sucks on the moment, but mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of the day, like it's completely fine. And yeah. Um, you know what, like this is your dream, right? And like mm-hmm. how much are you willing to put in the work for it to yeah. happen? You know, if you truly wanted it, like you said, like you are going to get it. You just have to put in the work. You can't just, you know, hope for it. Exactly. All right. So thank you so much, Chloe, for joining me today. Thank you. Did you have any questions for me before we end this segment? 
Uh, no, honestly, it was great. My very first podcast. I've never done this before. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks for considering me. Of course. And uh, yeah, maybe more podcasts to come. Who knows? Exactly. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye. <laughs> If you guys enjoyed the show, please feel free to leave a rating as this helps my podcast so, so much. And if you're located in the Montreal area, feel free to book a facial with me with the link in my bio on Instagram at skinwellness.studio. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And also make sure to download my free acne healing guide if you are on the road to healthier skin. On that note, I wish you all an amazing rest of your day and see you in the next episode.